in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Moolah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabby Dunn. Hello, I'm Gabby Dunn, and this is Bad With Money. You know, we came up with the idea for this episode a little bit before everything went to shit. And it's 
kind of become even more relevant. The theme of this episode is buying your health. And when we came up with the idea, we were thinking of it in terms of healthcare and also self-care, quote unquote. I initially wanted to talk about this because, you know, you can pay for better health insurance, unfortunately, because we don't have Medicare for all. You can pay for facials, massages, uh, a trainer, um, a, a home chef, or at least like good food, you know, you can invest in looking healthy. So Botox or, uh, I don't know, fillers or whatever, um, all kinds of stuff that people were using to feel or look or be healthy, which are all different things. And now we're in this global health crisis that is the coronavirus and you kind of can't buy your way out of this one. (laughs) Those who have money have a better ability to fight it. That doesn't mean you won't necessarily get it. So this was all starting to happen right when we interviewed this uh, really smart genius health expert, Dr. Abdul El Sayed, who you may have heard before on my other show, Just Between Us. Uh, He hosts a podcast called America Dissected, and he's also just a super smart person on wellness and global health. So now we're going to play my interview with Dr. El Sayed from just when the pandemic was starting to be a thing. We had to call him like three times before we got a hold of him because he was super busy, which should have told us how bad things were about to get. Hey, uh, Dr. Al Said, is this you? This is me. Hey, this is Gabby Dunn. Um, I don't know if you if you remember that we're doing podcast. Yes, 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 yes. I'm about to get to a landline. Oh, and I'm about okay. to jump on it. I okay. was just running a little bit late. So no, no, so just it's to okay. What happened? Um, I didn't want to bother uh, you. No, 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 no. I, we're on it. We're doing it. Um, I just, I, I, uh, uh, if you'll believe, I had to like personally brief Bernie Sanders on something coronavirus related. So. He asked for like a one thirty meeting, and so we're, we just went over. But I'll give you – I'm going to call you from a landline in uh, uh, just a bit now, okay? No, no. You're you're right. That's that's an excuse. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Uh, give, me, give me five minutes, okay? Okay. Bye. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Ah! We live in a world that is falling. Let me just finish that song I was singing because Brendan, our engineer, cut me off. It was something like, we live in a world that's falling apart, uh, which is a thing I do. I sometimes sing sad things in the hopes that they'll come across less sad. Um, But if you didn't catch what Dr. El Sayed just said, it's that he was running late because he had to brief Bernie Sanders on something virus related who at the time we recorded this, which seems like a million years ago, was one of the front runners for president. So I was getting ditched for Bernie Sanders, which is honestly how a lot of my relationships have gone. Just kidding, but not. Okay, so I did have a bad feeling about what was coming. Like Tamika and me and Brendan were in studio together and we were just using a lot of hand sanitizer. As we waited for Dr. El Sayed, I was reading the news on my phone and sort of trying to wrap my head around it. Mass hysteria at U.S.-bound airlines at Charles de Gaulle in Paris 
as Americans pay as much as $20,000 for last minute flights because Donald Trump forgot to mention that U.S. citizens are exempt from the travel ban. Everything's fine. Let's give him a call. Hello? Hey, uh, are you able to talk? I can talk. Wow, that is that is quite a morning you've had. It's a morning. <laughs> it's a morning. Um, thank you for for talking to me yet again. Uh, can you uh, tell my audience on Bad with Money who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Dr. Abdul El Sayed. I um, host a pod called uh, America Dissected, and um, I'm a physician, epidemiologist, uh, former health commissioner in the city of Detroit. I uh, also wrote a book called uh, Healing Politics, and um, really excited to uh, chat this morning. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So my first question is, uh, we're talking about buying health. So who can afford to be healthy? Yeah. Unfortunately, in our society right now, um, you you have to be pretty rich um, to be able to guarantee your, yourself access to the health care you need. Um, and, uh, you know, the crazy thing about health care and the way that we do it is uh, that we ask people or their employers or both um, to pay into a system. And then for a lot of folks, even if you have health care through that system, if you get sick, you have this thing called a deductible, which means that you have to pay again uh, just to get the health care that you thought you already paid for. Um, and that's really a lot of money in and of itself. But that's just that part of it. Then you think about uh, all it takes to stay healthy, right, to uh, be able to, um, to to keep yourself in good health, healthy food, uh, access to, um, you know, a walkable community, uh, access to a gym. Um, those things aren't cheap. And, um, and so in our, you know, in our society, because we've decided that instead of transporting ourselves with our feet, um, we're going to, you know, put ourselves in these metal boxes and sit on highways for a long time. Uh, or, you know, because uh, life moves fast, instead of eating green, healthy foods, uh, most of us are left eating food that comes out of a cardboard box. Um, you know, being able to do the alternative actually takes um, a lot of work and that costs money. So uh, being healthy is expensive in, in our society and it shouldn't be that way, right? You'd think that health should be the null hypothesis, the thing that's, you know, what you do at baseline um, and you shouldn't have to pay more to be healthy. Yeah, even in terms of like not just basic eating and, and exercising, but like extra sort of healthy stuff, like in terms of affording it, you know, if we talk about like vitamin supplements and, um, you know, even down to like facials for skincare and these kind of like extra things that, that I think other people have, have access to that a lot of people don't. That's right. Um, you know, I, I'm always dubious about whether or not those things actually make you healthier. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly uh, there is a whole market of um, selling those products to people uh, who have the means to buy them as an attempt to get an extra advantage on their health. Um, and if and when they do work, right, they, they disproportionately go to the people who are richest. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a story from history, which I think is really fascinating. Um, back in the day, right, before, let's say, 1900, the diseases that used to kill the most people used to be caused by, you know, infections. You know, we're, we're facing one right now with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are rare uh, in our day and age. In the, in the past, they were the most common causes of death, things like tuberculosis or, um, or, or cholera, right? Those are what killed people. And in order to protect yourself from those, you needed to have access to a good, uh, healthy diet, which included a lot of calories, which a lot of people couldn't afford. 
And so back in the day, um, rich people used to be overweight, right? It was a sign of your, uh, your, your wealth that mm-hmm. you used to eat enough that you could be overweight in a, in a time when, um, when you know, famine was, was the norm. Today, right, we know that the diseases that kill people are the diseases that obesity causes, things like heart disease, diabetes, stroke, um, hypertension. And uh, today, right, what you find is exactly the opposite. Um, people who are uh, low income are more likely to be obese because of the system uh, that we've, we've created around health. And so it sort of flipped. And so it, it confuses a lot of people because they say, well, to be obese, you have to eat a lot of calories. But it turns out that actually, you know, calories are pretty cheap. What's not cheap is, uh, is healthy calories, right? Things like spinach or mm-hmm. uh, any sort of green leafy vegetable. Those things are not cheap to be able to get them, cook them, eat them consistently. Yeah. Um, you've got to have access to them. You've got to live in a neighborhood where there's a grocery store. You've got to be able to, you know, go and get those foods. You've got to be able to afford it, right? The other name for whole, whole foods is whole paycheck. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and so uh, this is completely flipped. And so it's always been um, that rich people and, and, and um, uh, high-income people tend to live longer independent of what the greatest cause of death is. And um, it's something that we've seen across history, even as those causes of death have changed. So it doesn't really even matter as long as like what your body looks like, as long as you're pretty much wealthy, you can buy immortality basically, or you're, can you can chase immortality. You can chase immortality. I mean, now you have like these, you know, these tech billionaires who are uh, trying to achieve this thing they call the singularity, right? Where, you know, they're going to have their like soul and brain lifted out of their dying bodies and into some, you know, serum that keeps them alive forever. Like that's the, that's their dream. I, I don't, I don't quite know that that'd be a great thing uh, for any of us, um, but, uh, but that's what they're after, right? And like, it's exactly it. People spend huge, inordinate sums of money chasing immortality, and uh, the more money you have, the more you can throw at that thing. Yeah, and looking young. I mean, that's the motivation for everything, right? Death is coming for everybody. It's the great equalizer. That's right. That's right. And um, there's also this you know, obsession, I think, with youth, like you just talked about, and the amount of money that's spent on uh, trying to uh, to appear, uh, young is, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously tracks with how much money you have to pay on something like that. If, uh, you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, you may be able to afford, um, you know, a couple of basic, uh, things that, you know, help you look, look good. But, um, you know, the, the, the amount of money people spend on things like plastic surgery, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, these, these latest and greatest fads or workouts that, uh, are trying to, you know, shave the, the, the look of years, Uh, off of you. Um, There's a lot there. Let's pause this conversation and take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So what, what does the average person spend on health? You know, it it really depends, right? Um, We know that the, the, uh, the average cost uh, of of healthcare um, is about twelve thousand dollars a year, and that's just for baseline healthcare. Wow. Um, you know, when when we get into you know the costs of everything else, it really does track based on how much disposable income you really have. Um, but just the cost of healthcare alone is exceedingly expensive. So twelve thousand uh, dollars. That's I'm sorry, twelve thousand dollars to average family of four uh, in America. Um, and that average family of four also is making around $50,000. So you just think about the proportional cost. Uh, it's astronomical. And that's just to give yourself basic access to health care. Right. right. Um, out-of-pocket costs are uh, through the roof for a lot of people. And 
Um, and, and, you know, we, we have this awful statistic where uh, nearly half of people who, who, who get cancer will wipe out their life savings um, to care for themselves. And like, that's the state of healthcare in America right now. So because things are so expensive, I have this, you know, I think a lot of people have this, um, this theory, and so do I, that like, it sort of dovetails into wellness where, you know, for example, you can afford to get some crystals, but you cannot afford to go to the dentist. You can afford to like, um, you know, cleanse your space and yourself by lighting sage, but like you can't uh, go to a dermatologist. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a really important, um, a really important insight that you have, which is all of us want to feel like we're doing what we can for our own health. And when the things that we know work are out of reach for a lot of people, um, then we go to the things that we don't necessarily know work, but feel like they do because all of us want to feel like we're doing the thing that helps us. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's a sad statement on where we are as a society where we've put basic access to a dentist or a dermatologist, if you need one, uh, out of reach for people and created this whole subspace uh, where people will um, do things, right, and spend money uh, on, um, on other, we'll just call them modalities, um, that, that don't necessarily have benefit, but do give you the sense, um, that you're spending on making yourself better, right? Because, uh, because, because all of us want to feel that way, right? That we've, we've done what it takes to, 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 to take care of ourselves. Um, and it does open the, the, the door for, you know, a number of charlatans who sell you crystals, uh, telling you that, you know, this is really the cure and because you can afford it, and maybe even you can't, but like it's not as out of reach as the dermatologist or the dentist office that you buy it anyway and say, you know what, at least it makes me feel like I'm doing the thing that's good for me. And, and, and you know, it's a sad statement on, um, on, on basic access to health care that everybody really just should have, right? Um, you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg just to, just to go and get your teeth cleaned or, um, uh, you know, to, to get your skin taken, uh, taken care of uh, if and when you need that. So um, there's all these sorts of, like, things, right, like charlatan-type things. Uh, like, I've seen – so this thing popped up. I don't know if it's elsewhere, but in L.A., like, cool sculpting. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, like, I guess where they're freezing fat cells or something. Like, wh- like yeah. how, do these, how do these things start? Like, how do, how, how do they get to the mainstream? Or how do – and, like, is well, there any way to be like, uh, this isn't real? So, you know, there's, there's, like we talked about, there's a real market for that, right? And all of us want, are, are after that sort of, or not all of us, but many of us are after that perfect look. And, uh, you know, I mean, it opens the, the door for anyone who's got an idea about how to, you know, sell someone their, their sense that they'll get the perfect look. That opens the door for those folks to spend money on doing that. Um, Is there and some any of them regulation? Are really some of them are... Um, are well regulated. Some of them are not. I mean, there was a story about uh, about this quack surgeon uh, in Miami who was uh, doing these butt lifts um, and you know putting cement in people's um, under people's skin, uh, yep. and and that's obviously unregulated and terribly uh, dangerous and 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 just also immoral. Um, but you know, some of them are like you have dermatologists who specialize in in the latest and greatest, and it is. Um, uh, it is regulated to an extent, and these are practicing and licensed surgeons. Uh, but um, but we have to sort of step back for a second and say, like, what is it as, about us as a society that uh, this is a thing that people are spending huge amounts of money on? Mm-hmm. Um, so people can spend thousands of dollars to 
you know, to, to get the perfect tone on the part of their body. And then we got other people who can't afford access to a dentist, right? right? Like what kind of society are we living in uh, where we're valuing this thing, uh, but we're not valuing this other basic thing that everybody should just have in uh, the, the richest, most powerful country in the world. Um, and so, you know, it, it just, it, it, it demonstrates the uh, excess and um, the frustration of like what health and healthcare are supposed to be about. Uh, and we don't really know the long-term effects of a lot of these things yet because they're so new. That's right. That's right. We don't. And, um, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, over time, these things can be really dangerous. I mean, take, take, take tanning, right? This was something that in the 80s and 90s, everybody was like, oh, yeah, you just go, go tan in a tanning bed and, and you'll be fine. Uh, lo and behold, that it, it causes cancer. Um, and, you know, this, this is a terrible thing to do to your skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, you only really understand the long, long-term effects over the course of a life. And uh, that takes time. So um, we talked about this a little bit when you were a guest on on the Just Between Us podcast, but the Eastern medicine versus Western medicine sort of thing, like, um, can we talk about sort of like the, my mom, I'm Jewish, my mom calls them bobomyces, where it's like, you know, oh, well, chicken soup will cure it versus like, we should get an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the way to think about it is to say this, the, the what makes Western medicine, quote unquote, Western um, and I don't even like that term because, you know, I'm, my family's from the Middle East and, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, learned medicine in America. So, um, uh, is that, is that, um, what you really should focus on is evidence-based, right? Can you demonstrate in a randomized controlled trial that whatever the, 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 the modality is that it can do what the folks who sell it claim it can do? Um, when it's put under the microscope of science. And no matter what that is, if it's chicken soup or it's um, acupuncture. acupuncture or it's, you know, uh, massage uh, or it's, you know, X cream, like all of them should be able to withstand the scrutiny of science, right? Because that's the objective way of asking, you say it does, X does Y. So let's just look, right? Um, and then the other question is also, it may not just be why that you want, right? Whatever the outcome that you're looking for is, it's that you don't want a bunch of other bad things to happen too, right? It may be that it does the thing you want it to do, but it does all these other bad things and, and you kind of want to avoid those. Um, and so the way that we think about uh, any sort of rigorous evidence-based medicine is that you first have to show that it's not harmful and document what the potential harms are. And then you have to show that it's beneficial. So if you can show that it's not harmful and that it is beneficial, then, you know, it's an accepted modality and, and people can use it for, uh, for the outcome that they say it, uh, it promotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's dangerous and, uh, or it doesn't show benefit, then, you know, at worst it hurts people. And even then it takes away their money. Um, and the problem is, is that when we're not really good about applying science or even more importantly, potentially teaching people about how to apply the skepticism underlying science in general, um, then, then bad things can happen because either they're getting hurt because of the things that they're taking, or uh, at least they're wasting their money on them and not getting the outcome that they think they're going to get. Yeah, it's hard to convince people too when the placebo effect is working. Like, I don't know that much about acupuncture, but I, when I was a kid, my parents, I had really bad allergies. My parents took me to an acupuncturist and supposed like in fifth grade and supposedly the acupuncture cured my allergies. And that's why I don't have allergies now as an adult. 
Um, and that's my parents' like party line about it. And we did all this like Eastern medicine stuff in order to fix my allergies. And, th- and they are like, it worked. Um, and like, maybe it did work. <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, um, I'll just say the placebo effect is an extremely powerful drug. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people think that something is good for them, it tends to be good for them because the human mind works that way. Right. Um, but it is really important. It's incumbent on us on a soci- as a society uh, to protect people f- from things that really could hurt them. And acupuncture is not, not that way, right? right. Um, there's some pretty good evidence around acupuncture for particular, uh, for particular outcomes. Um, but there are other things, right, like um, jade eggs from goop. Uh, that are really dangerous and um, and that should not be sold under the guise of, of making anyone feel better. Okay, we're going to take one last break from this interview and we'll come right back. And we're back. So in terms of spending and our motivations, it seemed I, I broke it down where I was like, okay, it's it's spending on being healthy, feeling healthy, looking healthy, or seeming healthy. And I feel like being healthy would be like what you're talking about, where like you're getting green vegetables and you're going to the doctor. And then feeling healthy would be like a massage or or like a, or, or something like that. And then looking healthy would be like fillers in your face. And then seeming healthy would be like posting to social media about going to a meditation retreat. Um, so I, do you think like, what do you think people are more interested in or more, more spending on now, you know, in 2020, what's like the premium? You know, I, I will say that I think, um, you know, unfortunately looking healthy and seeming healthy are, are things that, uh, there's a real, uh, there is a real incentive to do with social media when, you know, we all live our, our lives in highlight real form on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that there's a much as much investment on being healthy in part because a lot of folks don't know what to do to actually be healthy, right? Um, a lot of folks do think that seeming healthy and looking healthy are being healthy, and that's that's not the case. I really like your heuristic there, actually. Um, and um, uh, and you know the things that you do to feel healthy are really important for you as well. But um, you know if I, if I could, I, I'd say, look, we all need to change our perception of what healthy really is to be about being healthy rather than looking healthy or seeming healthy. Um, and then, you know, we've got to communicate with each other about those things so that we can really incentivize people actually being healthy, um, you know, and, and the position of being healthy, we're all different, right? And there are some things at baseline that all of us have to do, but other things at baseline, um, you know, the things that we think look healthy or seem healthy uh, may not actually be that healthy for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, the more we can adjust uh, the perception of health to the reality of health um, as a society, the better we are, we are. And I really appreciate you uh, doing this to help do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also this discrepancy I see where, like, if you picture a healthy person, what are you picturing? We don't have any, like, ability to look at someone and know if they're healthy or not pretty much. Um, but if, right. But then the big thing is, like, you go on Instagram and somebody has abs or whatever – um, and, or like an actor all of a sudden gets really shredded and they're like, no, I'm miserable. This is not good. You know, but we mm-hmm. think of them as like, oh, they must be so healthy. That's right. And I think, I think that's a really, really important recognition. And, and we've also got to recognize that healthy isn't just a thing that appears in somebody's body. It, a lot of our health is about, um, the state of our mind and, uh, our psychological health. And you never really know what somebody's going through. And oftentimes, um, there can be a sort of an obsession with looking healthy 
because someone doesn't feel healthy inside. And, um, and so we've got to create space for that. And my advice for folks is to, is to, um, to, to constantly be working uh, toward um, the, 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 the kind of self-care routine uh, that really is about long-term uh, peace and long-term health um, that is sustainable, uh, that doesn't always show right on your body or on your face or whatever. Uh, but, but something that inside you, you really can feel, uh, but also pushes you right to, you know, to potentially say, well, look, you know, what's the best long-term decision for me, um, that allows me to sustain, uh, and to have, uh, my abilities and my capacities for the longest period of time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to like jump, jump off. I know I was a little bit late for the pod, but I have to um, jump into another meeting. I hope you'll, I hope you'll forgive me for that. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, so I just, I, I have one more question. Sure, uh, absolutely. So, so what do, what do people actually need to invest to improve their life? Like what do people need? Like if they're listening, what do they actually need to be doing? Uh, and like, what is actually important? Yeah, I would say um, regular physical activity within the bounds um, that you can uh, and to, to move your body in a way that you find enjoyable uh, and engaging. Um, high quality, healthy foods uh, that, uh, you know, allow you to find a good balance um, and uh, that are sustainable and, you know, make you feel good um, and uh, provide you the, the micronutrients and, and the right amount of macronutrients that you need. Um, and then, you know, um, regular engagement with other people and, uh, and moments of, of joy and, and fulfillment and contentment uh, in ways that, um, that empower you psychologically. Uh, and then access to healthcare um, if and when things go wrong. Uh, I think those are, like, if you can achieve that balance, you're living a pretty healthy life. Oh, and it's expensive. <laughs> it's true. It's too expensive. And we've got to do something as a society to make it a lot more affordable. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking to me. Of course. It's my privilege, and thank you for having me. Okay. So, obviously, Dr. El-Sayed was very overwhelmed. Uh, He sounds overwhelmed. And he probably knew better than we did what was coming. I imagine he's like the scientist in the disaster movie who's just, like, trying to run around warning everyone, and no one wants to hear it. We did this interview just before COVID-19 was declared a global pandemic. So I was super in denial. And then I I listened back to the phone chat I had with Dr. El-Sayed. And I realized that like while I was interviewing him, I was hoping to have this evergreen conversation about wellness trends and the costs of being healthy. Uh, but we were at the beginning of what would become a pandemic. What really stood out to me now about the conversation I had with him was all the the charlatan wellness stuff. We talked about obviously like crystals and vitamins and um, supplements and, you know, all kinds of things that you kind of hear advertised on podcasts a lot. Sorry. And uh, now it's a little bit changed since the pandemic, not in a way where we thought maybe people would uh, not be assholes and take uh, capitalist advantage of a global health crisis, uh, but actually more so with people telling you that if you blow dry whiskey into your nose, it'll kill germs. And, you know, everyone being like, oh, my God, we have to get that. That will cure us. Like I tweeted, what are the wellness scams that you've seen related to COVID? I tweeted that on 
on March 23rd. And these are some of the responses people were saying. People sending out stuff like, get this essential oil and it will make you death proof. Silver being sold as a cure. Um, Immunity boosters, which we obviously always have being sold, but now it was like saying that it would purposefully cure COVID or prevent you from getting COVID. Someone shared an Insta story about a hair dryer and water and using it to spray, I guess, water into your sinuses. What I noticed from all of these things is that people just want to think that they have something special and that they can control if they're going to get it and if they get it, if it will be bad. And that's just not the case. There's all kinds of multi-level marketing schemes trying to get you to buy stuff that will prevent or cure COVID-19. I didn't want to think that human beings were this way, but it turns out that the same people that want to take advantage of wellness trends pre-pandemic have just shifted right over to taking advantage of wellness trends post-pandemic or during pandemic. Wow. Capitalism's a hell of a drug. Thanks for listening. If you've been into the stuff I'm rambling about, then give us a nice review. Also make sure you're subscribed on Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts. Bear with me, this season is emotional. The show is produced by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our audio engineer is Brendan Burns, and our audio is mixed by Andy Christens. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Josephine Martirana. Original music is composed by Zach Sherwin, Mike Kaplan, and Jack Dolgen. Our theme song is performed by Sam Barbera. Bad With Money is a production of Stitcher. I'm Gabby Dunn, and hopefully I'll see you next week. <laughs>